G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As we do on a Thursday, we like to check in with Family Voice Australia and Greg Bondar is on the line with us. Hi, Greg. Welcome back to 2020. Oh, good morning, Neil, and thank you once again. Hey, Greg, let's start with uh, one about uh, religion and apps attracting a wave of venture investment. Uh, What's the latest that you're aware of in what's happening here? Yeah, Neil, I thought it would be interesting for us as as the year comes to a close to have a look at uh, how people are using the apps on their telephones. And Bible Gateway, of course, is the most... uh, popular one that's being used at the moment with I think about 3 million searches per day, 2,000 searches per minute in over 200 countries. Now, given all this interest in the apps, uh, I've also found out that uh, venture capitalists, people that you know fund these projects, are investing heavily in, in faith-based um, apps. And I think some $175 million was put into uh, the... Uh, the apps for uh, this year. So that's a lot of money up from about $6.1 million in 2016. Now, Neil, the most popular, one of the most uh, biggest growths we've seen in, in searching on the Bible app was a word called sorcery, uh, which increased from 2020 by 193%. Okay, so when we do a search, yeah. Greg, uh, say, yeah. you know, when you're online and you do a search, or in these Bible apps, so you might look for some key words, might yep. be reflective of the things that are going on in your world right now. You're saying that the word sorcery, mm. and now that's interesting, isn't it? Sorcery, one of yeah. the or the most searched for terms. So, yes, give us your insight here into, yeah. into people searching for that. Now, there's a reason for that. And, um, and, and, and one of the reasons, I guess, is if you highlight, if, if you look at the, the Greek word pharmakia, uh, according to the um, uh, Greek-English Dictionary of the New Testament, it tells you it is related to the employment of drugs for any purpose, sorcery, magic enhancement, and we find this in Galatians 5.20. So I suspect, Neil, given the COVID, the pandemic, people have been looking at this particular word, and, and interestingly, the, the followed up by the following, the following phrases, slow to anger, abounding in love, they increased by 169%, and then in my father's house are many rooms, which increased by 140%. So these are fascinating uh, facts coming out from our 1921 use of the Bible app, Bible Gateway now. And that is fascinating because uh, if people are searching for some insight from the Bible on what the Bible teaches about drugs... Uh, and about being slow to anger, and of course, as you say, uh, these sorts of things coming through lockdown periods and a world uh, that's been in the grip of COVID, and mm. the thought of abounding in love. You know where 
in some sense, that's a bit of evidence for where the heart of people have been. What has God got to say about these important issues? Because uh, I'm feeling pretty low right now. So, yes, very, yeah. very powerful. Hey, what about yeah. some other other search terms? Uh, yeah. Some some increased and some decreased. Uh, what are other no, ones you've got there? Yeah, no, interestingly, the decreases are, which surprises me, from last year, the words pestilent, plague, disease, decreased uh, by 71%. And interestingly, the phrase, you have not because you ask not, decreased by 70%. And in this world, you will have trouble by 62%. So people are either feeling more spiritually enlightened or whatever, but but those terms actually decrease. But now, here is the thing. The overall, the most popular Bible verse, and I'm sure you're not going to be surprised by this, Uh, is, you ready? John 3.16. Now, we know that, for God so loved the world. And interestingly, followed by Jeremiah 29.11. And this is the one, for I know the plans I have for you. That's fascinating that people are still using those two biblical passages as the most searched. And this has been the case for the last decade, Neil. So those are the popular Bible verse searches, and uh, I know you've got some details here for like a top 10, and uh, while they're at the top of the list, there's been a few others that are moving around in in their positions. Which ones are those? Yeah, now look, listen, this is interesting. Um, Romans 12.2 has risen to position number 5 from 16 last year, and this is about do not conform to the pattern of this world. So that's interesting, Neil, yep. that, that, that that has actually risen. And the most dramatic increase is, is, is for Luke 10:19. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven, and that rose by 2,695 positions to rank 84th in 2021. So isn't it interesting what people are searching for and, and, and what they're really trying to come to grips with under a pandemic. So I, I think it's fascinating information now. Fascinating information that comes with the advent of Bible apps because now you've got ways to uh, have some real-time research and uh, you can compare what people are actually searching for, the sorts of things that are piquing people's interest. Uh, very powerful stuff here when you start to be able to think about uh, what you can glean from an understanding of what people are searching for. Yeah, absolutely. And I think just on the word sorcery now, I think we've got to remember that this is, you know, related to Galatians 5.20. Now, Paul, he speaks about, you know, the works of the flesh. And one of the reasons, I guess, is that if if that was the most sort of searched word, then you've also got to consider that in the same passage, uh, Galatians 5.22, he talks about the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, now that also increased. So it's interesting that, you know, one offsets the other. So fascinating what people search for, and I think uh, I am delighted that people are still using their Bible apps or their Bibles in particular to make sure that under the pandemic, you know, there is still hope now. (laughs) And to contrast, uh, out of Galatians chapter 5, the fruit of the flesh, uh, which Mm. is the one where you're saying that's where the the sorcery word is, and this fruit of the spirit. Uh, You Mm. know, it's almost Christmas. That babe in the manger in Bethlehem is the reason why we have 
the fruit of the Spirit and uh, that we can look at different people and not just be people who pursue the fruit of the flesh. Wonderful stuff. Hey, uh, there's an old saying that is now, it's sort of a new saying, but it's going to be an old (laughs) saying, go woke, go broke, and I know you love to use that, and there's more evidence, there's some more companies that are uh, are uh, going woke. Uh, what's the latest? Uh, now, corporate wokeism is going mad. Now, here is a typical example of you know everyone being persecuted by this woke tech, you know woke uh, growth. Now, look on Australia Day. You know yourself, Australia Day is coming, and everybody wants to get out and criticise Australia Day. But I've just found out that the professional services firm KPMG. Now, that's an accounting management consulting firm. Because years gone by, I used to work for their opposition, Deloitte, in their uh, management consulting. But they have 9,000 employees, Neil, and they have been told that they can work in Australia Day and take another day off. Well, hang on, hang on. Public holidays are meant to be unifying in Australia Day in particular. So why do accounting firms like KPMG then pitch for government work in Australia, expect to get paid, but they don't want to respect our... National holiday. Neil, talk about wokeism going mad. You know, I'm about to put my hand up and say, give me a break, Neil. <laughs> and KPMG, huge company and does yeah. a lot of work for our government. And uh, yeah. and you're saying if you're going to be woke, uh, you know, <laughs> maybe uh, don't uh, don't accept uh, government work because yeah. there's a certain unifyingness about January the 26th, and uh, I think next year it falls on a Wednesday. So, uh, mm. yeah, you know, maybe choose which day you have off. Well, well, that's a day that is unifying because we all have that day off no matter which day it ha- happens to fall on. Yeah, I mean, we're actually feeling quite strongly about this because I know KPMG, well, I think they're a highly regarded firm technically, you know, but, but talk about social and issues that they've taken on this wokeism. I don't know who's running the place, but... Surely Australian is meant for Australians. Now, we have actually asked people to go to our website, write to the Prime Minister and say, hang on, why don't you tell this particular accounting firm if they don't like Australia Day, why are they in Australia at all? And we're asking them to get onto the PM's uh, uh, you know, mailbox and say, hey, see if you can do something about this because Australia is for Australians. And if you're not going to respect it, then you don't belong in this particular country, I guess, because, you know, we need to make sure that we respect our heritage now. So that campaign, familyvoice.org.au. Hey, let's come to one of the biggest issues, uh, certainly on the tail end of this year, the Religious Discrimination Bill. And, Mm. uh, you know, you've got your own uh, positions on this, Greg. In fact, you appeared before a federal government parliamentary joint human rights committee to give some evidence around uh, where Family Voice stands on the Religious Discrimination Bill. Uh, How'd that go? Because that was earlier this week on Tuesday, wasn't it? Yes, on Tuesday I appeared before the committee. And I have to tell you, you know, appearing before a committee can be quite uh, harrowing at times, you know. You, you, You don't know what questions are going to be asked, but... You know, one of the questions we, I was asked in particular, and this is a very carefully worded question because I know the response they were after, but in particular, the question said, if none of the proposed amendments were passed that Christian organisation put forward, would you, that is Family Voice, still support the bill? Well, so I was going to get caught in this trap, and I said, yes, we would, because our view is that a particular religious discrimination bill is better than none in the sense that 
once we have a bill, Neil, there is always room to implement amendments, lobby for changes and what have you, but we really drastically need a bill. And despite its shortcomings, Neil, it will give significant contribution to the protection of religious freedom in Australia, Neil. So we answered yes, we would still support it. You answer yes, and uh, I wonder whether there could be a condition on the yes, because uh, as you'll be aware, other groups like the Australian Christian Lobby uh, threatened to walk away from their support for the bill if there was a whole lot of backroom deals happening uh, in order to change all sorts of other legislation that would water down the provisions that are in the religious discrimination bill. So uh, I can hear what you're saying as a yes there, yep. but uh, but there's likely to be a whole lot of jostling and uh, and horse trading on different other uh, legislation. Any thoughts around yep. that, Greg? Yeah. Now, look, I'm well aware of this, Neil. There are backroom deals being made. I suspect that a lot of dissident... Uh, backbenchers in the coalition that want to remove Section 38.3 from the Sex Discrimination Act, which gives protection for religious schools. Now, Neil, I think we've got to be very careful. We would not want that to go either. I mean, we are supportive. And one of the biggest issues that we're supporting is the freedom for schools in particular to employ faith teachers of faith, in other words, staff of faith. So that's going to be in the bill. Now, that's a great win for all all Australians, particularly from um, the religious faith-based uh, schools. So, Neil, yes, there are backroom deals. There always are. Look, when I worked at federal parliament, I remember we had to do wheeling and dealing with independent MPs and what have you, and you give and take. But let's get this bill into our legislation uh, make sure that it allows people of, of faith to express uh, express it in the public arena. So deals are always there, Neil, but let's get the bill up. I think it needs bipartisan support urgently, Neil. And if there are amendments uh, that are being brought and there's all sorts of substantial change to the bill by the time the government gets to vote on it, I imagine there's another condition there because what you're saying is, yes, the bill in its present form is what we support, but uh, there might be some uh, there might be some other thoughts and other change if there's a whole lot of change to it before the government gets to vote on it. Oh, yeah, two, two, two comments in there. One is we don't know what the final bill's going to look like. I'm talking about what's before us at the moment, right? So once we know what the final bill looks like, we can then add further commentary. The second issue is, Neil, and I'm sorry to say this, but I'm happy, I'm not a betting man now, but I'm happy to buy you an ice cream or whatever else it might be or buy a lunch or coffee, but this bill will not see the light of day before the election, Neil. Yes, uh, off to a couple of inquiries. And uh, do you think that might be a deliberate way of putting it on ice before an election? I, I mean, is this an election issue, do you uh, think, Greg? Is uh, is this something Neil. that, uh, you know, I, I, I'm sure for us in our conversations coming into the new year, this will become something of an election issue. But generally speaking, do you think it'll, yeah. it'll make that level? Neil, there's an old saying, I don't, you've heard it before, is the Pope Catholic? In other words, Neil, this is definitely going to be an election issue. I'm telling you now, from my experience, that this will not see the light of day before the election. Therefore, it becomes an election issue. And issues like schools, freedom to employ people of faith, 
Sex Discrimination Act 38.3, these are all going to be issues that will come before the electorate. And I think, you know, really that the government, and I, you know, should have brought this bill much earlier in time to allow it to allow, allow the bill to go through the passage in the both houses. It's not going to see the light of day, Neil. And unfortunately, you know, until we see the final bill, we're happy to support what we've got because I think it's important that we have a bill that protects the communities that, that are of faith. And uh, up, 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 up until the time we see the final bill, Neil, we're happy to support it. I wonder whether this is part of an election campaign from the current federal government, uh, the Liberal National Coalition, because they've put a bill that actually does have good appeal to the mm. religious community and uh, therefore as it gets uh, bumped off to committees beyond an election, yep. it becomes something where the conservative side of politics uh, can feel as though uh, the uh, conservative voters and even the Christian uh, voters that might be listening to a conversation like this today would have mm. some confidence that if the government is returned, then that's the bill that would go forward. And, uh, and of course, that it does draw that, uh, that opposite effect of uh, what would the Labor Party and the Greens do with a bill like that. So, yes, yeah. it, it does seem to be set up in a clever sort of a way for an election. Mm. Absolutely. Look, we need a bill that prohibits detrimental treatment of Australians, generally on the grounds of their religion. And we need a bill that recognises the important principles that usually religious organisations ought to be able to conduct their affairs in accordance with their, with their faith communities. So, Neil, let's have a bill. We can always look to change it, but at the moment, until we see the final bill, I'm happy with it as it is. Just for the moment, sorry, there are shortcomings. There are real shortcomings, and I've made this known to the parliamentary committee. Family Voice has put in its submission, but until then, Neil, we've got to have a religious discrimination bill that's operative. Okay. Greg, you give some confidence uh, to listeners, uh, knowing that you've had these thoughts and uh, making these positions, and uh, you're actually uh, you know, speaking in front of these committees, and uh, always appreciate your insights, uh, a little bit of inside insight into what's going on in the process that is actually shaping the the culture of our nation and uh, mm. and look I might say Greg given that this is the last update we'll do this yeah. year uh, it's been uh, just a great privilege uh, every week just having the opportunity to you know pick your brain about uh, things that are going mm. on and to hear your insights about these significant uh, pieces of legislation all of the change that's been happening and there hasn't been too many wins we've seen so many things go against christian ethics but uh, thanks so much for giving us these insights today because you've helped our thinking to be shaped in a in a special way and really appreciate that so much Neil, thank you very much you are a blessing to me personally having been able to speak to you during the year i get a lot of emails from your listeners so may i wish you and your listeners a Merry Christmas and a Blessed New Year. And uh, I imagine it's, uh, don't just uh, go into too deep uh, <laughs> relaxation over this Christmas period because all these things are still bubbling along under the surface. So uh, familyvoice.org.au 
and to participate in any of those campaigns and even the, that one uh, send the Prime Minister a note about KPMG. So familyvoice.org.au. Greg Bondar, Family Voice Australia State Director for New South Wales and the ACT. Greg, uh, the Lord's richest blessing on you. Thanks so much for being with us again today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Merry Christmas. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.